You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Welcome to Momentum. It is Tim and Daz back with you once again for another terrific show. Daz, really great to have you on board, my friend. Yes, it's great to be here, my friend. It's great to be here. Love you to check out the uh, Momentum website, MomentumAustralia.org. You can hear previous episodes of the show there. Uh, also get connected with Momentum as well and hopefully get you connected locally as well if you're not. Bunch of resources on the website too and if you'd like to chip in a few dollars and keep Momentum on the air, we'd really appreciate that as well. Details at MomentumAustralia.org. Now talking of previous shows, pointing back to last week's show, we heard the incredible testimony, story and journey of Pastor Steve Wickham. He is... Uh, currently an associate pastor. He's pastored four churches in the past or been in a pastoral role in churches. He's had a pastoral supervisor role and been a school chaplain. He's a counselor. He's a couples counselor, a marriage funeral celebrant. He's authored two books and he's actually been writing an online blog since 2007 and he reckons there's been over about 10,000 articles online and we're going to wow. discuss one or potentially more of them in this week's show. Pastor Steve Wickham, welcome back to Momentum. Thanks so much for having us, yeah. Uh, we just want to say on behalf of Des and myself, thank you for your raw honesty mm. in last week's episode. Yes. There was a lot of stuff that we touched on last week and uh, no doubt we'll come mm. back to that um, in, in future weeks of the show. But, you know, Steve, when we look back across your life, you've transitioned across a variety of different careers and, and jobs and we kind of want to explore that a bit in this week's show, this sense of purpose that lies within us. And I know, and you've even got it in the studio with us now, this very... It looks like an original copy of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, which, you know, yeah. for a lot of people has been impactful in them finding their purpose mm-hmm. and, the, and their, their, their sense of what is God calling mm-hmm. me to be. Tell us a bit about this book. Let's start by, by your experience mm-hmm. of this book. Why has this book been so pivotal for you? Well, I've done the journey, uh, The Purpose Driven Life, three times, but it was so pivotal in that first year of my kind of recovery. And uh, journeying uh, 2004 with the church and I was I actually had a leadership role in helping drive this for the church and uh, I found that uh, it connected me to those five you know the five purposes you know the the worship fellowship discipleship ministry and mission so it's a whole you know what God wants us involved in um, but I found that uh, it really formed a lot of my theology and, and helped me to learn how to be a Christian mm. in those early days yeah well, that's amazing. And, you know, a lot of people have read that book. I've, I've read bits of it. I can't say I've read it all. But um, it certainly does help direct the way we think around our, you know, our pur- the purpose of our life. So what was the most interesting thing you find in reading the book and doing that course? I think uh, the way that it was deployed at the church was that it was a whole of church experience. So you weren't just reading a book; you oh, were doing it uh, mm-hmm. as, as small groups, and it was a whole. It was a, an eight-week journey, seven or eight-week journey. That that it felt that it was a. It's a time of growth. It was a time of deep deepening in discipleship, uh, and I think it was there were so many spin-offs as far as what this book gave or hmm. this process gave to the church around around its purpose and around our individual purposes as as people of God. Let, let's be honest. I mean, for a lot of us, we we struggle to find that thing. I suppose mm. that you know we, we we kind of sense that we're on the earth for mm. some of us fall into it by accident uh, some of us have a very clear path early on most of us just kind of you know we, we fall into stuff and we go oh yeah this is this is pretty good this will do um, so then let me ask you this do you think that God has a sp- something specific 
for each one of us. And I say that because when you look at your life, right, mm. you've transitioned across three or four different careers and different jobs. But has there been a common theme that you could say throughout all of that, I have actually fulfilled my, in inverted commas, purpose? Definitely. I think God in my life has, um, has had me experience a, a particular kind of work which has had a, a, an impact in getting me involved in something else, bullying as far as being an apprentice. It's the reason why I'm a health and safety professional these days. Uh, the fact that I was broken by, by a, a marriage that failed uh, led me into wanting you know, I received that ministry uh, from others, so mm. I wanted to give that ministry back. That's, you see that you see how God uh, recovers a person. And uh, so I think those, those things help. Um, but I, I don't particularly think that uh, there's any one particular purpose. I mean, for me, I, w- I just love to help people. I just love to serve people and to connect with people at a deeper level and to get below the sort of the shallowness of, of uh, superficial life and, and because that's really, really where uh, life is lived at. Mm. And that's, that's so true. And um, what's, what's interesting is that you know, God at different times has different things for us to do. Um, and and God's not schizophrenic, so He doesn't give you gifts and talents and and things, and then lead you in a totally different direction. So there's some guidelines in the way we like doing things that leads us to where God wants us to wants us to go. Um, and you know, God made it very clear to me, you know, whenever I became a Christian, that you know, that loving men, caring for men, supporting men um, in the church setting was was huge. And so, you know, God does make those things clear. Yeah, yeah. So, so then let's let's. I suppose for men listening right now, who I mean, everyone's going to be on different parts of that journey. Some may yeah. be living what they think is their purpose. Some might be kind of yeah, I'm there or thereabouts. Mm. Some may still be in their forties, like myself, and going, I'm still not really sure what that looks like. Or perhaps I'm in the second half of life and I feel like my purpose is changed. Yes. So how do we then look at, I suppose, the natural giftings and things that we have mm. that we believe are God-given? Mm-hmm. Um, how do then we outwork and go, how, how does that then outplay in my life mm-hmm. as my purpose? Mm-hmm. W- what sorts of things do I need to look at that would give me an indicator of what that might be? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the time we want a, an instant um, um, uh, avenue into yes. what our calling is, and, and what's and, wrong with that? And that's <laughs> yeah, we're in this instant society, aren't we? And we all we all want things instantly. Yeah. But I think God has has a journey for us all. I mean, we're counselled by people like Moses, who started his kind of you would argue his best work at eighty. And there's so many yeah. uh, images in the Bible of people who had to wait. David had to wait. Uh, there's so many people that uh, Noah had to wait. Um, Jesus had to wait. Jesus waited thirty years before his mm-hmm. ministry started. But, you know, I think as far as calling is concerned, I going back to the uh, Rick Warren material, hmm. uh, you know, this shape, you know, sp- having, what, what are your spiritual gifts? What is your heart? What does your heart say? You know, what abilities do you have? And, and what personality hmm. do you have? And what experiences? So that, that acronym of, uh, of shape has actually helped me to refine what, what it is that God wants me to do hmm. and, uh, and, to, and to do what is necessary to, to put the steps into place so you can actually do that thing. Mm. Mm. Just on that subject, you you know, it concerns me a little bit that um, there's an awful lot of men, in particular, who just do life. You know, they they're Christian, they've got faith, um, but they don't even think about a calling, and they don't think about anything other than I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Um, 
uh, if I'm not going camping or something. <laughs> and and I and that uh, their lives are not destroyed, but their lives are inhibited by the fact that they're not searching for what God wants them to do. And they don't realize that if they encompass what God has planned for them, their life will be so much more fulfilled. And, and you know, they, the, you know, good and faithful servant at the end is uh, such a reward. So what are, you, what are your thoughts around that and the way men think about their world? Well, we are here for a purpose, and we're here. You know, you know, Brick Warren calls it an assignment, um, and we do have assignments to do. I mean, obviously, serving our our families, you know, our, our wives, our children, and 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 that sort of thing. But there's something that you know, a, a lot of us. Well, so many men. You know, we we live. We we have a we do have a purpose. We want to be. We're sort of identified in in by our work a lot of the time, but. There's got to be something that's bigger than just uh, the just the work. It's what what is it that, to build the kingdom of God? I love that the whole idea of building into men's lives because there's so much need. There's so much need in this, yeah. especially in this COVID time of so much isolation. Mm. And actually, yeah. um, you know, it, it it not only helps others but it helps ourselves as well. Mm. It's God's design. Mm. So mm. I, I'm going to put both of you on the spot because as we heard last week, Steve, you, your your first marriage. You were so engrossed in building the career and climbing the corporate ladder. And Des, I know that this has been part of your story too. So I'm going to put both of you on the spot and say, how do we balance this well? This sense of calling and purpose, and this is what I'm here to fulfill and, and do, whether it's just a, just a career in inverted commas, or whether it is more of a calling, more of a ministry. How do we then make sure that we're fulfilling this sense of this is on my life and I need to do this? But balancing the other aspects of life, like being a, a husband and being a father, and as you know, all of us now in the room, grandfathers. Yeah. How do we find that balance? Because all of a sudden, you know, we're we're stepping away from, uh, you know, this. But I'm just in this one space, and I'm investing all of my energy in this space, but neglecting yeah. this. How do we make sure that we're we're spreading ourselves well? Mm-hmm. Uh, and covering all of those bases and, and doing that well. And, and obviously, you guys have got experience because, mm. let's be honest, both of you had failed marriages as a yeah. result of just stepping into the corporate space and climbing the ladder yeah. Yeah. and neglecting the other areas. So mm. so advice from both of you as to how men can do this well. Mm. Yeah, look, I, let me talk first if that's okay. Um, and, and not because my story is any better, but, you know, I, I, had, I had a wall. I was, you know, flying around the world. I had an amazing job in technology. Um, I was the envy of many, many, many men you know, in terms of what I was enabled to do. But I arrived back in Sydney having gone on a world tour and I was met by my first wife and my three kids. And when I got through the gate, my wife walked up to me and said, I'm gone, here's the keys to the house, the kids are staying with you. And I went, wow, where'd that come from? I didn't see it coming at all. And and right standing right behind her was a guy who I knew who was her new partner. And so, you know, it, it's it's a for me it was about identity. You know, my career was my identity. You know, working for a major major companies in Australia was my identity. Um and and that was everything to me. And and I, I knew I had the family in the background and all those, you know, all those wonderful things that 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 actually were second to my identity, and when I look back, you know I could have done all those things that I did 
with a much better balance. You know, I could have spent a lot more time with my kids. I could spend a lot more time with my wife. You know, I, I could I wasn't in faith at that stage, so you know, Christianity wasn't on my horizon. But you know, in terms of just doing life better balanced, realizing that my identity was you know in me, it wasn't what I did. It was who I am, and I didn't need to outperform to create my identity to give me you know self esteem or whatever it was. So that's I put that out there to men. So you now if you're going through you know, your career and you think you're doing really, really well, make sure it's balanced, make sure it's focused because you can lose everything in a heartbeat. Steve? Well, that sound, that rings so true with my story, almost parallel stories in, in many ways. And uh, I, I found in, in my second marriage is still learning um, the, against the defaults of work and, and wanting to and needing to put more time into family. It was actually with a psychologist at one, uh, at uh, 2016. It was, uh, and um, when the uh, psychologist was helping me to understand that my number one ministry was actually my family, was actually my marriage, mm. was was, and you know it was it's okay in this particular um, uh, situation. You know, I, my my wife gets the whole ministry dynamics and being out at night and this and that and being kind of sold out to God, mm. but you know the the number one thing that's it's the basis, it's the foundation, yeah, is our family and mm. and what we're sowing into our kids and. You know, that's the real legacy. That's the that's the stuff that will last. Yeah. Um, and it's only from that do, does our ministry really count. You know, mm. for, for God. So, mm. so you mentioned where I was going to go next, Steve. And in the few minutes we've got left in this part of the show, let's talk about that because legacy is not often a word that we use, mm. and certainly not something that I don't think many men, certainly myself, up until I'm you know now approaching fifty, mm. that word is starting to mean more to me now at my stage in life. So. Let's talk about, we've talked about career and calling, balancing that with family. You know, we, we've skimmed over that to some degree, but let, let's explore this idea of legacy. Firstly, what does that mean to you? And how can we then perhaps encapsulate all of that or put that into the mix as well to go, it's not just a career or calling and family. What am I leaving ultimately? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. I mean, at the end of our lives, we will definitely we we look back and we look at back at what we achieved, what we what we what we did, uh, what kind of lit life we lived. And uh, no, those first thirty years are all about kind of training, and that thirty to fifty age group mm-hmm. is about contribution. And then you get to this age that we're at, and I'm I'm fifty four. You know, you where you you actually want to leave a legacy. You you feel that mm-hmm. well, it's not. I've only got you know, if I live a long life life expectancy, I've got thirty years left. It mm. doesn't feel like a long time, mm. and and I want to make, I want to do as much as I can for for God, but without burning out and without uh, my family losing out in in the process. So that's what legacy is for me. And and, and I agree. I mean, it's it's very easy to put our priority on things that don't really matter, and uh, and leaving a legacy for not only for your family but for those who know you is, is so important. I agree. Mm. Yeah. Um, Steve, you mentioned the other important word there, and that was burnout, Mm. Um, something you've actually journeyed through as well. What we're going to do is take a short break and come back and look at exactly that. So Mm. we've talked about career calling, getting caught up in that, doing family. It's busy. It's Mm. chaotic. Many men who are in that family season right now would know I'm juggling so many balls right now. This is, I can only sustain this for so long. Let's talk about how we do that 
and not burnout. Because we have talked about burnout on the show before. L- let's talk about some practical ways on of self-care for mm-hmm. men. And that's not something that we tend to talk about as men. But we're going to do that in the next part of this week's show. Momentum is what you're listening to. MomentumAustralia.org is our website. We'd love you to check that out in the meantime. And we're going to come back and talk about how we don't burn out in just a moment's time right here at Momentum. Welcome back to Momentum. Tim and Dave is with you and our special guest in studio is Pastor Steve Wickerman as well as navigating a full-time career, being an associate pastor of a church and a counsellor. Steve is also a husband, a father of four and a grandfather too. Um, and Steve, we spent the first half of the show talking about discovering our life's purpose, our career, our calling, you know, and navigating and juggling those other things that we have to do in life. Um, but let, let's talk about that because, you know, we, we did talk, and let's just recap before we launch on and you'll understand why I'm doing that. But, um, you know, for, for, for both of you, you shared about this career being such a driving force in your life that we kind of neglected these other areas of our <laughs> lives and you lost your marriage as, as a result. Let's just quickly recap that and go, what then have you learned in your second marriage mm-hmm. perhaps that you didn't in your first and how do you balance that better mm. so that you're including these other areas of your life, your family and your mm. kids? They're not just a tag on as, oh, you know, well, this is my ultimate purpose, my career, mm. and these are second best, but I'm making sure that everybody's, you know, looked after yes. in the equation. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm blessed in that my wife um, holds me gently to account that so she can, she can speak into my life. But very much what I learned out of the first marriage is that uh, you've got to be you've got to be connected and you need connection with with your family. Mm. Uh, you, and, and I didn't. There's mm. a, there's a tug in my heart every day, and I'm thinking of praying of, about my son and about my wife when I'm not around them. That I want to I want to connect with them. I'm looking forward to connecting with them when when I'm finished work and that sort of thing. And there was a, mm. you know had that a little bit in the first marriage, but not quite as much. Um, but I think that. These are the relationships that we we the, the, they're our lifeblood. They're 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 what make us tick. Mm. And uh, you know, the it's it's only when you contemplate losing uh, what you you can, you can take for granted mm. that you know you 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 then you realise how important you know these relationships are. Can I can I real talk for a moment, guys? Mm. Uh, and let me just put this for, for then we and I look. I was guilty of this in my first marriage. So. Um, when we find that thing, mm-hmm. right? When we find that career, that job, that calling, whatever, and it really, we love it. Mm. You know, we love it. We love going to work. We love being there and spending 10 to 12 hours a day doing that. And da, da, da. And in some ways that gives us more fulfillment than being around our family. Mm-hmm. Right, let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. As a man, sometimes mm-hmm. it does. How then do we keep that perspective of this is filling my cup mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. That it's not that I don't want to be with my family or my wife or my kids, but yep. I just find such more of a sense of purpose or excitement mm. over here. Yep. I mean, that's real talk, right? Because we all feel like that as men, or we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's honesty, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's 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 being honest about yeah. it, but keeping things in balance. Um, the whole, I, I think the other the other issue is is fear of of disappointing people or meeting people's approval, and so that that can drive you toward you know phones, mm-hmm. and we, we're so connected these days to these devices uh, that that can that can cut into our family time as well. Mm. But you know, I think just being honest about at the impact we have on other on, on other people's lives, yeah. and it's very it's very subtle. It creeps in, and and it has a has a damaging impact. You know. 
family teaches if if there's nothing else that family teaches us it teaches us humility because we get it wrong as parents we get it wrong as being husbands that's okay so long as we're we're honest about it and that we're we're, we're holding ourselves to account mm. other people are holding us to account mm. and that we can redeem those those losses as we go along yeah, it's it's interesting i mean one of the things i noticed about the corporate the corporate world um was I thought that my, I mean, everybody wanted to contact me. I was the key guy. And I, you know, was invited out and all those sort of things. The day I left that company, nobody rang my phone. So where was my identity? It wasn't in the job. It was, it was somewhere else, but certainly it wasn't in my job because the job disappeared. And the contacts and the invites to the football or whatever it was disappeared too. And so it was an interesting lesson to learn. Well, that, that's a whole other story, right? Because a lot of us then when we find that, like you said, there's that position or that whatever that gives us a sense of purpose or excitement or passion or calling or whatever, uh, it, it's so easy to then tie up who we are mm. in what we do, mm-hmm. right? So let's speak yeah. into that space for a moment for guys because that's a slippery slope for mm-hmm. all of us. Because like you said, Des, when that disappears, then all of a yeah. sudden you're left going, then who am I? Yeah without this yeah. yeah so steve how do we balance that when we're in the moment and this is filling us creatively and passionately and yet the reality is it's not who we are yeah i think the the, the image or the metaphor of a slippery slope is a very good one because it's very hard to stay on top so if our cup's being filled and we're being efficient and effective in our work and that sort of thing that's fantastic but it's not the whole thing. So mm. we, we're continually having to come back into balance in, in life. And it's impossible to maintain a balance unless we are journeying, you know, we're journeying day by day with, with God and asking us what impact, ultimately, what impact am I having on all of my relationships? Am I sowing into mm. lives? Am I sowing into life? Or is it just achievements? Is it just this this sense of satisfaction in my role or my title or uh, the, the projects yeah. I've got and that sort of thing. So, hmm. yeah. There's that old phrase, um, folks, uh, and just uh, work to live, don't live to work. And, and it's an old saying, but it's absolutely true. You, your job is there to provide you with a life. Your life is not there to provide you with a job. And, and the other comment I would make, by the way, as well, for guys, it'd be guys here they're feeling that, that they're end of their wits in terms of their family or whatever it looks like. And I just want to say, you can always recover. You can always recover. There's never a point where if you're prepared to put the effort in and rebuild and you, that you can't, you can't restore. I mean, I look at my relationship with my three sons. You know, it was, it was a nightmare. Uh, in terms of what I gave up. But when I talk to my sons now, they only talk about the good times. You know, it's amazing. You know, and that's God's hand in, in my life. And I think it'll apply to anybody. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We've talked a bit about burnout on the show already. Des and I have done that, Steve. Mm-hmm. I know that you have a burnout experience. Mm-hmm. So quickly tell us about that mm-hmm. um, and what that was like for you. And that's a segue into what we've just talked about because if we get that balance wrong and we are so driven toward our work, that that, that mm. contributes toward this burnout. I suffered burnout April 2005 and something, it was a moment where my brain just stopped and it was like God saying, okay, you, you're stopping now. And I found that ever since that, God's 
Well, if I overload myself too much uh, with work and maybe there's some conflict or that sort of thing, my brain slows down and it begins to grind to a stop. And it's kind of, mm. I mean, in some ways it's probably a, a trauma, uh, but the protective mechanism in that is that I then need to find some time out. Mm. It forces me into finding rest. And it's not good to get to that place. It's good to regulate and just to pull back and actually manage, you know, as some sort of Sabbath cycle, some sort of rest cycle, build rest mm. into our lives. And it's really, really important. So, Steve, let's talk about your burnout experience because, again, burnout, we've talked to a few people about burnout on the show already. It looks a little different for everybody. What were some of the key things that perhaps would have indicated for you that you were in burnout or burning out mm-hmm. or now you can look back and go oh they were the things that i perhaps missed in the moment yeah well i think back at that season people were so impressed with what i was able to do you know i was able to work and study and and contribute in church and i was leading this and leading that and that sort of thing some of that's a bit of ego i think if you, if you look back on it but i think that just not watching for, out for the for the warning signs as far as feeling like you can do everything and you are on fire for God. You're in. I'm, I was in that season. Mm. Um, so you know, I I think um, probably not listening to people, and, and maybe some some people are saying you don't need to say yes to this. And no, no, I wanted to want to do that. Mm. So I was saying yes to a lot of things. So we need to just arrange. We need for me, you know, it was I needed to have some some rest, and particularly in that season, I was probably looking to escape from myself a little bit as well. Mm. You know, I was I was I was loving what I was doing, but you know, the, the the hard thing about rest is coming back to stillness. That's actually hard because you have to face. You know, if there's any pain there, you kind mm. of have to have to face that. Mm. And uh, so I think if I I look honestly back at that, that was probably one thing that. I was just loving life, but uh, you know, you we all have our limits, and just acknowledging mm-hmm. that. Well, I think that's an interesting point that you made because a, a lot of men can throw themselves into work to not have to look at stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we stop, there's mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's this stuff I've got to deal with or I've got to acknowledge or look at, and I think that's that can be a key factor in I'm just going to push so hard in this area that I don't even look in this other area, and of course that can lead to to everything imploding and then we have to look at it there's no other choice um we, we talked about self-care for men and again that's not a term that men tend to use when we talk about self-care we kind of think of you know it's a female thing and the women go off and do a facial or a massage or something and they they have a day out and they recoup and, and rest and yet the reality is mm-hmm. that for men we need to self-care mm-hmm. and so let's sit in that space for for a while mm. what uh what can we do first and foremost, I suppose, to break down the stigma and go, it's actually okay mm. for me to self-care as a man, yeah. even though that seems like it's a real female term. Well, it's a wise thing to do. You know, if we're in this for, a, it's a, not a sprint, it's a, it's a marathon life, is, isn't it? And one of the things I learned from uh, Dr. Keith Farmer, who's a, who's been a mentor uh, over many years um, in, the, in mentoring Christian leaders, is that you do whatever replenishes you. That mm. is that is rest. So it's all around the word replenish, mm. and sometimes that actually might mean some kind of different different work, or maybe some sabbatical, or there's some. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can still do some work in rest, but you know some of these things, the basics about you know good sleep, 
good sleep patterns. I mean, if we are surviving on four or five hours a night and that sort of thing, it's a, it, it really is a recipe for disaster. So, you know, there's five 90-minute uh, uh, cycles of sleep, um, you know, seven point, you know, seven to eight hours of, uh, of sleep a night. Mm. Um, good, good exercise. I know for as a man, if I don't exercise for two or three weeks, I'm grumpy. I'm mm. irritable, and it's usually my wife will say, you know, go out and get get some exercise. <laughs> I'm thankful that I've had exercise in my life for all those years, but it's as diet. It's it's. We talked about facing pain. You know, learning how to grieve. Well, we mm. all have losses in life. Loss is is part of life. So learning how to grieve well is a it's a real important real important skill. Mm. Um, so some of these things are really important. Des, can I ask you because in a in a previous life before you came to faith, you were, shall we say, a high flyer by some standards, and and you would have burnt the candle pretty pretty hard, I reckon, at both ends. Um, when you look yeah. back now, h- how did you survive in inverted commas that season? Uh, the, the main thing for me was the gym, believe it or not. I actually went to the gym, lost 20 kilos in weight, and uh, went to the gym every morning, um, like at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was at the Qantas gym, and, and that was really cool. And so I did that and also played golf, uh, which was good. And I brought my kids to play golf, so my sons all play golf. And so that was really cool for me. Uh, but, you know, I think what Steve said is right. You know, you need to have, find that balance of everything you do. You know, it's not, it's not one shirt fits all. It's you have to find what works for you, and it'll be different things for different people. Mm. But the importance of you know, and this is the other thing, and I know that some mums particularly can struggle with this sense of guilt of taking some time out for myself, and many dads can feel like that too. It's like yeah, but I've got so much to do, and I've you know so few hours to do everything I need to do. Yeah. How can I then afford to have some time out? So Steve, speak into that space for me. Well, definitely. If we don't care for ourselves, we're no good at caring for others. So we need to put mm. ourselves first, and in and not in a selfish way. It's actually about wisdom. It's about um, uh, quarantining sometime uh, so we we can yeah. be at our best because if we're not at our best it will bleed into other into other relationships and uh, it's just so sad to see you know it, it, you try many of us try too hard you know uh, just taking a bit taking a bit of, bit of time is a has enormous uh, um, benefit in in other in other lives and all of life is really about our relationships hmm yeah, it's mm, good, base. There's been so much, Steve, that you've spoken into into the last couple of weeks. There's been so many different topics and things that we've uh, we've gleaned out of you. To some degree, we've scratched the surface on some of them. But I just want to, on behalf of Momentum uh, and and yes, Des, yes. just say thank you for your honesty, your openness, uh, speaking into yeah. those spaces. And I know that you run a regular blog mm-hmm. online. Um, just tell us what that is, if men want to tap in and follow some of the articles that you write mm. where can they find out a bit more about that we've got three blogs um but probably best to google steve wickham counselor and that'll that'll bring up the facebook page and i i, I post blogs uh, to to that page so it's probably best mm. all right steve wickham counselor steve wickham has been our special guest over the last few weeks and again you can hear last week's show and this week's show is going to be up on the momentum website momentumaustralia.org you can check it out in the podcast uh, section too that you can find the link on the website all the details about momentum why we exist what we do some helpful tips there for you as well some uh, things that you can do to get connected in your local community 
and also contribute perhaps to keep Momentum on the air. All of that is at the website MomentumAustralia.org. Once again, my special guest, Steve Wickham. Uh, thank you, Steve, for your contribution. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Des. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.